greenhouse gas levels continue to rise. There are three principal sources of methane in the UK currently. There's agriculture and there's leakage from the national gas network and there's also emissions from the landfills. And the UK set for a windy weekend. That breeze is tending to come from the southwest, so it will also be mild, especially in the south. You're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and you're listening to Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. Last week, the latest Met Office carbon dioxide forecast for 2020 was published. It suggests further significant rises in atmospheric concentrations of carbon dioxide are expected over the coming year. So why are levels so high? Firstly, increased dryness in large swathes of forests across the world has reduced their role as carbon sinks. In other words, less carbon dioxide is taken out of the air by plants and trees. The second reason is recent bushfires in Australia, which are calculated to have contributed around a fifth more carbon dioxide. Finally, widespread burning of fossil fuels continues worldwide. All these factors suggest a peak in the month of May this year of above 417 parts per million of carbon dioxide, representing a 10% rise. As well as CO2, methane is another powerful greenhouse gas, levels of which are also on the rise globally. Professor Alistair Manning is a climate scientist with the Met Office Hadley Centre. Earlier, I asked him where these sources of methane are coming from. There are three principal sources of methane in the UK currently, three different sectors of the economy. There's agriculture, mainly from cows, and there's leakage from the National Gas Network, and there's also emissions from the landfills. Previously, we also had significant emissions from coal mines, but they're now closed. That's the UK, but in other parts of the world, methane is generated by other sources. There's also emissions now from melting of permafrost. There's extra emissions from water areas in the tropics. So there's been increased emissions from wetlands. And there's more fires, so that also produces methane. So a combination of many factors globally has led to this rise. Methane and carbon dioxide are both potent greenhouse gases, but there are differences. Methane is more uh, potent as a greenhouse gas. It's about 28 times more potent than CO2. But there's a lot more CO2 in the atmosphere than there is of methane, which is why CO2 is the dominant greenhouse gas. Methane lasts in the atmosphere between 8 and 12 years, and CO2 has got a much longer lifetime. While global methane emissions continue to rise, in the UK at least, emission levels are falling. Global emissions, the UK contributes about 1% to global methane emissions. It's fallen from around, well, the inventory says it's fallen from around 5,300 to around 2,000 now. Coal mines did emit um, a significant amount of uh, methane, but the biggest contribution would have been landfill. And now in the UK, we capture a lot more of our methane from landfill and we use it to create electricity. So that capture has stopped that methane going into the atmosphere, and that's the main reason why the UK's inventory has declined significantly over the last 28 years. The reason why methane is such a target gas for many countries is because if you reduce your methane emissions, then the atmosphere will respond very quickly because of its short atmospheric lifetime. And also the fact that it is this potent greenhouse gas that's 28 times more effective than CO2. So that's why 
countries are focusing on this. And as I say, there are three or four main sectors that people need to concentrate on. In other countries, it might be rice production, but in the UK, it would be um, landfill emissions, agriculture and leakage from natural gas. Professor Alistair Manning. Cobra is the latest drama series to be aired on Sky TV. A tense political drama based around a fictional solar superstorm that hits the earth and causes widespread chaos. The Met Office is referenced early on in the series and for good reason. We're home to one of only three space weather 24-7 monitoring centres worldwide. So how true to life are the events depicted in the series? Could a solar storm wreak havoc on global communications and infrastructure? Our latest Mostly Weather podcast explores the work of the Met Office space weather team. Sent ahead is Mark Gibbs. Let's start with the nice side of space weather, and that's the aurora. Aurora is essentially caused by magnetic energy coming in from the sun. And in general, it's the faster ones that we worry about the most, because you know essentially they come in with more momentum and hit us magnetic field with more momentum. But the key really is which way around the magnetic polarity is within this plasma cloud. Is it the same way as Earth's magnetic field, in which case like two bar magnets, they repel each other, so therefore a lot of the energy passes around the Earth. Or if it comes in the opposite way up, i.e. effectively with south at the top and north at the bottom, so the opposite way to Earth's magnetic field, then like two bar magnets, the magnetic fields attract each other and combine, and we get magnetic energy entering the Earth's magnetic field, essentially. That edition of Mostly Weather will be available from Friday on our SoundCloud channel and also other podcast providers. Before we go to Aden and the UK weather for the weekend, a quick update on conditions in Australia. For New South Wales, the Australian Capital Territory and Victoria, there's been little rain in the forecast, but temperatures have been around average. However, over the next few days, temperatures are expected to rise sharply yet again as a strong northerly wind develops. The Bureau of Meteorology fire risk for the region will elevate to very high or even severe during this period. For more details, check out the Bureau of Meteorology website or their feed on Twitter. Now back to the UK and here's Aidan McGiven with the weather details for the weekend. The weather at the moment is in a very changeable mood. There are a number of areas of low pressure that are lined up in the Atlantic and are waiting to move in during the next few days, including the weekend. That's not to say, of course, the weekend will be a washout because there will be gaps in between weather systems. So it's certainly a case of picking your moments if you've got any outdoor plans. Let's put some detail on that. It will be often breezy during the next few days with these low pressure systems around. But that breeze is tending to come from the southwest. So it will also be mild, especially in the south. Now, Saturday morning starts off with showers or longer spells of rain, a lot of cloud cover for many places. But for most, it's an improving picture. And by the afternoon, essentially, much of England and Wales is dry with sunny spells, but it is also breezy temperatures of 11 or 12 degrees. Scotland and Northern Ireland will have a cloudier day on Saturday and there'll be frequent showers throughout the day along with a gusty breeze and it will be relatively cold but a bit clearer in the far north of Scotland later on. Widely though Saturday evening sees the cloud disappear and the winds ease as a brief ridge of high pressure moves in. 
it doesn't last long for much of the country. Another bout of rain and wind turns up for Sunday morning. Dull and damp conditions from the word go with some heavy rain, especially across central and western parts of the UK. For the far north of Scotland, here it starts off cold but chilly. And as the rain across central Scotland moves into cold air, well, we can expect some hill snow, perhaps down to two or three hundred metres. But for England and Wales, after the wet start to Sunday, brighter skies and drier conditions for Sunday afternoon and a very mild afternoon with temperatures reaching 13 or 14 Celsius. Scotland and Northern Ireland stays generally wet or showery into the afternoon and it is also going to stay on the cold side in the far north of Scotland. The weather stays changeable for the start of next week, but there are signs that high pressure will build around the middle of next week. Just before we go, here's Bonnie Diamond with last week's highs and lows. Here are your weekly extremes from Monday the 20th to Sunday the 26th of January. The highest maximum temperature occurred on Wednesday the 22nd when a Boyne in the Highlands reached a high of 14.5 degrees Celsius. The early hours of Monday was the coldest night with temperatures falling to minus 4.8 degrees Celsius in Yeovilton in Devon. The wettest day was Achnagart in the Northwest Highlands where 26.6 millimetres of rain was recorded on Sunday. And finally, East Malling in Kent was the sunniest place with 8.4 hours of sunshine recorded on Tuesday. Thanks, Bonnie. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. Producer this week was Adrian Holloway. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.